is uh, the Charlatans with Opportunity 3. <clears throat> I pretty much just know their big hit, The Only One I Know. You know, it goes, The Only One I Know. And then on MTV's 120 Minutes, they they had the Charlatans on. And they actually, because there was another band in the U.S. called the Charlatans, they had to uh, call them the Charlatans U.K., when they're in America and they're like yeah when we were shooting the music video the cops came in and busted it they thought it was a rave or something like that right yeah what what, what is it I decided to call this episode Various Sunshines yeah yeah I think that was this morning actually I was uh, in the kitchen I don't know where I got the I think I was just looking at the sunshine outside earlier in the morning though it is later in the year um, I, I was thinking the word sunshine that's a good word because like uh, I guess on Dancing with the Stars I didn't watch it but my wife was watching it I guess uh, Barry Williams who play, played Greg Brady was on and they s- played that song I think I'll go for a walk outside now the summer sun's calling my name I hear it now I just can't stay inside all day I gotta get out, catch me some of those rays. Everybody's smiling, sunshine day. And really, weirdly, that is what today is. Today is like a sunshine day. It is, uh, what is today? Today is uh, Saturday, October 28th, 2023. And it's like 80 degrees out here, sunny. What a beautiful day. Freakish weather. And I'm on a bit of a road trip now. But, uh... You know, like like the term sunshine. Like, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't there like a weird movie called like Blue Sunshine? It was like a horror movie about this this drug that turned people into monsters or something. I don't know. Sunshine. What's that song by Sunshine? Is that Sunshine Superman? Sunshine shone brightly through my. A window today. So there's like a weird kind of hippie vibe, but there's something a little bit sinister on the edge. And I don't know, I just sort of figured Various Sunshines just sounds very cool, you know, as a title. I don't know, I haven't done the show art yet, but maybe I'll just take a picture right now, whatever the picture is. Well, there is actually some sunshine here, sitting here in the parking lot. Maybe I can just use this as the picture. I'll just take one picture done that'll i'll use i'll adapt that for the show art <laughs> you, you already saw it <laughs> will i do that i think i will so uh yeah so i'm here at uh this plaza in fairfield new jersey on route 46 with the uh, pj's coffee of new orleans and i used to come this way all the time driving down to my father's house when he uh you know to go visit him and then he when he was sick to go down and do house sitting and then he passed away earlier this year and then to feed the cats and then to go clear out the house and everything so since that's pretty much been uh, resolved uh, the house is now uh, the the estate sale people are now uh, clearing out the house I, I haven't really been over this way that as much um, but uh, the other day my brother said that uh, he's going to see my cousin Vinny and, and our aunt Jan he's my second cousin I think his mother's my first cousin once removed Jan is my mother's first cousin, I believe. Yeah, and uh, I haven't been out there in a while, so I figured I, I, I would come out. My wife, of, of course, is still recovering from her breaking her shoulder. She had a shoulder replacement. That's how severe the injury was. 
Uh, I think she'll be okay for a few hours at home. Um, so uh, they live out by Phillips, Phillipsburg, New Jersey, which if you know something about New Jersey, you know, there's a couple highways that head east-west. 80, of course, is the big one. And then a bit to the south, there's 78. So Phillipsburg is pretty much in New Jersey by Route 78, right by the Pennsylvania border. So it may give you some idea where I'm going. It's pretty far. It's like 70 miles away. Uh, I looked at the map. It says, hey, take Parkway to 78, be there in an hour and five minutes. I'm like, uh, yeah, no. Parkway to 78. Oh, God, what a depressing way to go. Then it's like, okay, the other way, which is 10 minutes longer, you can just take, uh, <coughs> you know, 3 to <coughs> 80. <coughs> and then you got to take this road down south to uh, to the Phillipsburg area. I'm like, yeah, that's a little bit better, but how about Route 46? I love driving down Route 46, especially further to the west than I usually go. So it's like, yeah, that'll be an extra 45 minutes from the uh, from the from the fastest route. I'm like, you know, it's worth it. It's worth it to drive down Route 46. So I figure I'll stop here, get some coffee, and then go, of course, to my favorite gas station, Phillips 66, down there and. Parsippany or wherever it is, and uh, then I memorize the route. I think I don't. I'd, I'd rather memorize the route, and you can you can memorize the route looking at the roads and stuff using Google Maps and stuff. So I'm gonna g- keep going down till I get to Buttsville. Yes, there really is a town named Buttsville in New Jersey, and Route 46 goes right through Buttsville. There's also a uh, an intersection to Route 31, which says to Trenton, and then I know I need. I need to go, believe it or not, I need to turn left onto Titman Road. Yes, Titman Road. So pass through Buttsville and uh, turn left on Titman Titman Road. Butts and tits, yeah. And then turn left, and then there's like a series of turns on this road. I think I memorized to get down there. Yeah, so... Uh, leaving this morning, uh, the usual way I go, there was a road closed, so I wound up going over like by Clifton the way I would usually drive up to Upper Montclair through Bloomfield maybe not Clifton but Bloomfield um, I used to drive there a lot to pick up food uh, years ago we used to get food from this place called uh, Tinga uh, a Mexican place I would drive there and pick it up and then I would also pick up stuff from uh, Veggie Heaven there in Upper Montclair I remember many nights driving over there, actually listening to WFMU, the station that I have uh, kind of a troubled relationship with. I wouldn't say anymore, but, you know, I actually had a show on WFMU back in 2009, and then they just kicked me off, you know. They asked me to come on, and then they kicked me off. So I always have a very sort of negative view of the station. You know, they were they definitely were hipster type people, but now as I've been saying on the show, apparently hipsterism is like over with, so I don't know what they are anymore. They're the last of the hipsters running WFMU. And then also on that road, there's like this back entrance to this highway rest stop. Remember I was so freaked out when I realized it was there because I dri- must have driven past it a hundred times. I didn't realize. It was like uh you 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 can pull in and there's parking spots, but then it's there's a block. There's two sides to this rest area because if you were to um, drive through and get back on the parkway, you would you could, like, avoid a toll. You see what I'm saying? So there's two separate parking lots, each, and you can't cross over, you know. 
It's so weird. And I was so freaked out when I realized that was there. I felt it was like an alternate reality or something, like a Mandela effect or something. You see what I'm saying? So I came up that way, and I wasn't 100% sure. I'm like, it has to hit 3 or 46 or something. And we drove past this restaurant I've been to a few times called Bellinopoly. I'm like, oh, that's where it is. Okay. I would always drive there with my wife. I didn't know where it was. And then, yeah, kept going, and it did uh, intersect with Route 3, which was perfect. Then I came up here, and now I'm going to get go get some coffee on our road trip today on this freakishly warm day. Freakishly beautiful day. Oh yeah, I just wanted to mention the music I played at the beginning. This is, I have the entire four CD box set uh, come together. Adventures on the indie dance floor, eighty nine through ninety two. I have the entire four CD box set on a flash drive, playing randomly. So this is going to be my musical companion on today's road trip, including the Charlatans. All right, I'm back. I got my coffee. I got a flavored coffee, Bananas Foster. Mm. I wonder what chemical they found that tastes like bananas. Well, they have that good one. Uh, you know those runts? Sometimes you get them like in mall candy machines, those little runts bananas. And they taste really good. I mean, it's sort of like a banana, not really. Some of those artificial flavors are just great on their own. Artificial banana flavor, artificial cherry flavor as I talked about last time right and I use my free drink like I, I if you use your credit card like if, if you buy like 10, 10 items then you're the 11th one is free or something so I'm like yeah let me use my because uh, I don't know when I'm going to be back this way again I mean I would really only come here if I'm heading somewhere this direction you know so wouldn't normally uh, come here good that I, I left a little bit of extra time. <laughs> Whoa! Put on my licorice uh, lip balm. Yeah, well, I have an hour to get over there. I don't know. I may be a little bit late at this point because I, well, I got to get gas and then it's over to Buttsville and Titman Road and then all the way down to uh, my cousin Vinny's house. Every time I mention my cousin Vinny, people think I'm referencing the movie. Like, I'm going to go see my cousin Vinny. Oh, what, what are they showing the movie somewhere? No, I have a cousin named Vinny. All right, I'm here. <laughs> Phillips 66. To my right, the Longhorn Steakhouse. They even have a neon sign that says Longhorn. Of course, to my left, we have uh, Kelly's Dinettes over there on the other side. Oh, he's washing my window. Nice. That doesn't happen very often. They used to do it all the time. Every place they would wash your window. This window actually needs it a lot because uh, this car... I, I've been meaning to get this car detailed and cleaned because it was pretty dirty from when my father had it. And I haven't cleaned it yet properly. Hey, thank you. Yeah. I wonder how long it is to Buttsville. It's probably probably about like 45 minutes to Buttsville or something. 40 minutes from here? Maybe a half hour? I don't know. Didn't Peter mention Buttsville in one of those weasel recordings or something? I don't know. Yeah, I went to this town uh, was it the other day. R Ridgewood, was it? Yeah, it was this weird incident. It's called Freakin' Vegan, and... Uh, 
I took my wife to her doctor's appointment, you know, follow up to the surgeons. And um, then we stopped by her job to drop some stuff off because she's been out of work because of her, you know, she broke her shoulder. And um, we figured we'd go to freaking vegan, even though, like, she, my wife used to order from there all the time, right? From freaking vegan. And, um, oh, I think it's filled up here. All right, we'll continue the story of freaking vegan soon. Soon, soon. All right, continuing on here. Yes, perhaps the greatest song of the era, Fool's Gold, the 9 minute 53 second version. Fool's Gold. Right, let's pause that for the moment. So, yeah. for the moment, just for the, uh, hopefully the audio's alright here, driving, um, yeah, I don't have my headphones in, so yeah, hold on a second, test, test, how does this sound, test, test, alright, that sounds alright, so, let me turn the air conditioner on while I'm here, uh, yeah, so this place freaking vegan, right, they used to be in a different town, and then they moved, but, my wife Denise, she could order it from where she works, but they don't deliver it to where we live, you see. And it's a really good vegan place. It's freaking great. Freaking vegan, okay? So we kind of figured, like, it was nearby, but it turns out it was actually kind of far away. It's like a half-hour drive from where, from, the, from where she works. I, I had no idea, like, Ridgewood is a very... I, up there in Bergen County, like, I really don't have much of a sense of how the towns relate and stuff. I know you think me in Jersey, I should know. But Bergen County is, like, this sort of undiscovered land for me. So we're driving for, like, a half an hour to get up to Ridgewood. And then when we get close to Freakin' Vegan, like, the navigation goes nuts. It's like, in 300 feet, turn left. Uh, now, turn right. Turn left. Like, it, it, it completely like lost it I don't know what's going on like there's some weird anomaly in Ridgewood or something I don't think I've even ever been to Ridgewood turns out it's up near like Fairlawn you know it's pretty far up there um so we find the place and uh by that point I kind of had to use the bathroom I had to urinate and so and I forgot I was wearing my sunglasses I forgot to switch them to my regular glasses so I walked in and I'm like hey you guys hey you're here to pick up I mean yeah um for Denise he's like oh I'm still working on it I'm like okay hey, you have a bathroom he's like well not really but if you want to use it it's in, it's, it's in the back so I uh, I'm like yeah thank you so much I really do so I had, I had to go back through the kitchen and then in the this bathroom he's like it's all it's also a storage room so there's a lot of stuff in there I went in I couldn't find the uh, I, <laughs> I couldn't find the uh, light switch and uh Plus, I had my sunglasses on, so it was especially dark. So I, I turned the flashlight on my phone. <laughs> and I still couldn't find the light switch. It was behind these uh, these shelves and stuff. So I went to the bathroom, went out. I'm like, hey, thanks again. I really appreciate it. He's like, hey, uh, Denise, is this the famous Denise that, that used to order, like, every day? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. She used to order it from work because, you know, not a lot of vegan places around. He's like, oh, wow. It's, it's amazing to finally meet you guys because we've been, like, like, she would order there. I guess for a while she was ordering there, like, every day, you know. To get some lunch when we, we, we know she didn't bring lunch from home so it was pretty cool <laughs> and then 
It's like, yeah, it's going to be another 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, okay. So then I went over to the Whole Foods right across the street. I could use the bathroom there. I didn't even realize it was a Whole Foods across the street. And there was the main entrance was all like they were doing this major construction. You had to go to this weird side entrance. It was a strange little uh, Whole Foods uh, supermarket. I wound up getting some interesting vegan stuff there, like vegan yogurt dips and stuff. And, um, yeah. And then I, uh, you know, when I went back, we went in with my wife, and then um, he was like, oh, I, it's, it's great to finally meet you, Denise. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> she's like a celebrity there. Really cool place, and their stuff is great. All of their food is great there at Freaking Vegan in Ridgewood. Just a little too far away from me. I, You know, they don't do any of the deliveries and stuff. Uh... He said people love that place so much they'll, they'll even drive up like once a week from like down down the shore, like a two-hour drive, just to pick up freaking vegan. And he said, he said he thought there's a lot of vegan places around. I'm like, well, by us in Nutley, it's kind of a vegan desert. That's what I said. It's like a vegan desert. Not a lot of vegan places around. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to, uh, to check it out there. It's kind of a fun little adventure. Uh, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. But yeah, var- what does various sunshines mean? I, it just it just sounds good, and it's also sort of like um, I guess a sunshine can also mean you know like what's that song? In the sunshine of your love, do 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 do. Who is that? Is that Cream or is that Deep Purple or one of those kind of bands? I don't know. Um, sunshine sort of means happiness, a period of well-being. And there are various sunshines in our lives, as well as various periods of darkness, obviously. I just like that phrase, various sunshines. It sort of almost casts an analytical glow on sunshine. Oh, here's that uh, shopping plaza that has uh, Cinepolis. Remember that? I finally drove past that movie theater that you can't see from the highway. It's around the corner. But they have a big sign for it. It's been closed for years now. Cinepolis. Cinepolis. It's a, I think it's an Argentinian company. Cinepolis. So sort of combining Spanish and Greek in a way. Yeah, this is where I would normally, uh, up here, this is sort of the, the furthest I would go. Um, I could turn right here to get on 287 South to go down to my father's house or continue up here a little bit and there's actually a a Whole Foods at the next intersection and uh, there's also a, a sort of a back way to get to that entrance to 287 which I have done in the past as just a more aesthetically pleasing way to go um, but then I usually don't continue past this point going to my father's house so this is we're going to be hitting the uh, the threshold here what the hell kind of car is that the hell it's, the door is <laughs> The doors go up just like a, a, um, a DeLorean. The doors go straight up. I wonder what kind of car that is. Otherwise, it looked like a normal white SUV type car. Yeah, here's the intersection by the Whole Foods. It is uh, Walrus View? No, Waterview. <laughs> Waterview Boulevard. <laughs> when does a road become a boulevard? <laughs> BLVD. They, they could. They didn't. Not enough room to spell out Boulevard. So the BLVD Waterview Boulevard. What do you? What is? What do you need to qualify as a boulevard? 
All right, here we go, passing the normal threshold. Well, sometimes I would stop by the Whole Foods, in which case I would drive up here. Oh, they have a Shake Shack there as well. I used to go to Shake Shack when they, they had a vegetarian. They don't have vegan, I don't think. Maybe they do now, I don't know. So, yeah, here's the entrance to Whole Foods. It's a cool shopping plaza up on Hill, and now I'm past the usual. Though, I would go this way going to, uh, over to Denville. Sometimes we go to Denville to meet our friends, uh, Bill and Laura, because it's halfway between us and where they live, way up in Ogdensburg. But anyway, I'm on my way. Ooh, classic cars. Look at this. Premier classic cars. I'm on my way. Yes, indeed. Buttsville, here we come. Oh, look. We're about to enter Mountain Lakes. That's where uh, I got uh, pulled over that one time. Yeah, my college girlfriend, Erin, lived in Mountain Lakes. Like her, I guess her family was pretty rich. They were like bankers and stuff. And I was driving around, and I looked like a bum with long hair and in my beat-up little BMW. Uh, and they pulled me over, and uh, the, I, th I guess the registration was outdated. and I don't know. It was a whole thing. And uh, They said my, my driver's license wasn't valid, all this other stuff. And so they, I, I got a summons. And so I, I, I called Motor Vehicles in Trenton, and they're like, Oh, Mr. Nora, we're so sorry. There was a computer error. Your driver's license number was entered. I guess the data entry person, whatever they, they, one number was different when they entered it into the system. So it's we've taken care of it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. So I was a kid. I naively thought that uh, I have to merge left. Hold on a second. I naively thought that uh, they would contact the court in Mountain Lakes and let them know, oh yeah, we, we fixed Frank's driver's license problem again. We know that sort of thing doesn't happen. But I was a kid. I didn't know. I sort of assumed they're the government. They're the New Jersey government. They're going to make it all right. So anyway, they a few weeks later, a cop shows up at my, the door of my parents' house and arrests me because they had a bench warrant because I didn't show up for my court date. But I thought it was taken care of because I called. And then I had to go and my father took me. It was this whole thing. But I, they took me to a police station and handcuffed me to the wall. I mean, it was like crazy. It's the only time I've ever been arrested and handcuffed like that. But. I remember the guy came to the door. I'm like, um, I had my, I, I didn't have, I, can I just get my shoes? He's like, yeah, okay. I, I'm, he's like, I'm sorry, I have to handcuff you. I'm like, okay. But we'll do it in the, we'll do it in the front so it's more comfortable. I'm like, all right. Jesus. All because of this wonderful town of Mountain Lakes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, Buttsville's way past Denville. Denville's a ways down, too. Here's another boulevard. This town, this, this street is just called Boulevard. <laughs> Wait a minute. So we had, what was the other one? Waterview Boulevard, and this is just regular Boulevard with no, no name. Boulevard. A lot of boulevards in this area. Oh, I should open, yeah, let me open the windows back up, yeah. All right, I'll let you know uh, what's going on. All right, so we passed through uh, Denville, Dover. I passed by Marcade, that uh, retro arcade I went to earlier this year, I think. Um, now I'm here near Roxbury. This is, uh, this is where I screwed up when I was coming home. It's, this, it's where uh, 46 and 10 kind of split. So when I was going the other way, I wound up getting on 10, I, even though I had intended to stay on 
uh, 46. So, and over to the left here somewhere, there used to be a, a diner that they filmed uh, one of the uh, uh, Cindy Lauper videos on, I think, Time After Time, or True Colors, one of those. It's a very famous diner that they tore down, eventually. Uh, but yeah, I remember, I came out here to the Roxbury Mall. There was a time when I had this manuscript for this, this book I was writing called Severe Repair. And I decided to, to go to a different mall to uh, edit each chapter. This was a long time ago. It was over 20 years ago now. So I came to Roxbury at one point to do that. Nothing really helped. I lacked the discipline to finish the book properly. And now it exists in a broken form. It's known as Severe Repair of the Broken Text. It's just what's left. Oh, here comes a police car coming the other way. It's quite a pleasant drive. There's also a vegan restaurant up here that I went to once only during COVID. State state police. Uh, it was during COVID, I think. So they they were just doing takeout, but it's uh, it's run by kind of like a cult, kind of like uh, an Indian cult kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Maybe we'll actually pass by it here if it's still there. Something I can't remember the name of it, but. Yeah, I really dig 46. It's such a cool road to go down. Yeah, because remember, I I drove up 206 to come to 46, and then I screwed up and got on 10. Cliff's Dairy Maid. Look at that ancient neon sign. That is so cool. 80 West, keep left. Okay, I got to keep left.
is the part of 46 I have uh, rarely been on. See, I'm past all the even rare places I would usually go. Is it a train station? Oh yeah, I think Netcon. Is Netcon like the end of the line or something? Or I don't think it's the end of the line. I don't know, but there is a train station here. Uh, straight. Oh, look at that really old ShopRite sign in front of the store there. Wow. Yeah, things are, can tend to be a lot older out here to the west in New Jersey. Economic forces are different. Older things stay up longer. Yeah, there's the train station. Netcom. Yeah, you drive like through little towns. It's like the main street of the town is Route 46. I think I miscalculated. Well, I think I had enough time to do it without stopping, but I stopped for like 10 minutes and 5 minutes, so probably be about 15 minutes late if my calculations are correct. Oh, well. I don't even know how long it is from Buttsville. It could be like another 20 minutes. Are we in Flanders now? Flanders Road. Add Magic Breaking Games? What the hell is that? was here, I was recording, driving down this way when I went to um, Allentown within the past year or two, if you recall. Denville, that's left, wait, that's the wrong direction. Denville, next left, that's weird. International Trade Center, this is all kind of ringing a bell from the, I think when I was coming out to Allentown, I came out this way. Again, taking the long way because I love it so much. International Trade Center South, International Trade Center North. They must have named it after the World Trade Center got blown up in 2001. Because well, who wants to name their thing a trade center anymore? Because they got the other one got blown up. New Jersey Foreign Trade Zone? No! Alright, the was still yellow. Okay. An international trade zone? How does that work? Is it like some weird, like, international, like, whether like, um, embassies and stuff there so you can trade. doesn't make any sense. Does it make any sense? I don't know. Is it sounding alright? I, I know I have the windows open. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I It's... Ooh, Old Bud Lake Road. Alright. I'll let you know when we get to Buttsville. Hopefully, hopefully as I need to be there in 10 minutes. I'm not going to be there in 10 minutes. Oh well. Alright, I just saw a sign for Buttsville. It's 11 miles away. No.
go through Buttsville and then we get on the Titman Road and then we're good. And here's the Quick Mart. Wow. 
It's an old shut down Quick Mart. It shut down back when gas was two seventy nine. I guess that's the last price they had. Oh wow, the people on the motorcycle are wearing up. One's wearing a pineapple hat. The other one's wearing a horse hat. Are they going to a Halloween party? Maybe. What are they listening to? Abandoned gas station. Alright, this is Buttsville. There's a few houses on the left and right. Can you imagine? What's your address? I live in Buttsville, New Jersey. They're like, <laughs> that's funny, but really, what town? No, it really is called Buttsville. And then there's a then there's Mountain Lake instead of Mountain Lakes over here. Okay, now I really gotta look out for Tidman because it's coming up on the left. It's gotta be coming up real soon. Come on, Tidman. It is jet. This place is packed. Oh my god, everyone's going to Johnny's. They, they have birch beer and buttermilk. Wow. I want birch beer, damn it. I want a big frosty mug of birch beer. I don't have time. I have to go, have to go see my cousin Vinny. Alright, this is it. This is it. This is Titman, right? This is Titman. You would never know that this is Titman, but I memorized it on the map. This is Titman. and then that is going, then I'll be going south towards Vinny and Jan. Ooh, wow, the vibe changed completely here on Tidman. Yes, I live on Tidman Road in Buttsville. That's it. Everyone would think you're, you're, you're joshing, you know, like, what? What's your real address? You obviously don't live on Tit, Titman Road in Buttsville. I wonder if that makes the real estate like cheaper. This is it, right? I turn left here, correct? Yeah, this has got to be it. Yeah. I think this is it. Better be it. This is the road to uh, where I'm going. All right, we're on our way. Oh wow! There's that uh, nuclear power plant over by Foul Rift. I know I saw that last. stop. Correctional Center. Quilt Show. Quilt Show and Correctional Center. Alright, I should be able to see the cool... Oh, there they are! Oh, cool! Nuclear power plant! Look at that! It's so cool, those giant concrete cooling towers. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Foul Rift, baby. Foul Rift is near there. I don't know if it's in Foul Rift, but... 
I went to Falrift uh, at one point. The actual town of Falrift. Yeah, well, I don't think we're too far now. See, I realize part of what make, makes this journey so strange is that, you know, the trees are in the autumn colors, the leaves are falling, and yet it's 80 degrees. So. I'm almost there. I, I called my brother briefly. He called to see where I was. It's... 138. I was supposed to be there at 1, but I think I should be there in back another 5 minutes or so. so. We'll see. Maybe we'll talk to John and Vinny and Jan. We'll see See if they'll talk to us on the show. This song is Big Baca by New Fast Automatic Daffodils. Confuse things too much. All right, we're here at, La, what is this place called? La Bella Via. La Bella Via. And what town is this? Phillipsburg. Phillipsburg. So we're like right next to Pennsylvania. There's a bridge to Pennsylvania like right over there. Right on the edge, the edge of New Jersey. But I'm here with uh, my brother John. Hi. My aunt Jan. Hello. And my cousin Vinny. Hey there. Vinny, who I've been wanting to have on the show for decades now. De- decades, it has to be. Yeah. Finally, Vinny is here. Oh, it's been a long time. Long yeah. time coming, yeah. Yeah. So the topic today is uh, monsters. Monsters. So, what are some of your favorite monsters if you just had to choose? Uh, and anyone else, if you have monster thoughts? Uh, <laughs> um. I was like, uh, oh, what play was I? In? I was like Dracula. I w- we did a, a stage, one of the stage versions of Dracula uh, in Belvedere, New Jersey, a bunch of years ago. Ooh, rolls. You're nice. welcome. Uh, a bunch of years ago, and I played Van Helsing, and it was it was a lot of fun actually, uh, running around being old and doddering and trying to kill Dracula. Yeah, did you finally kill him or? It's, it's funny, actually, the ending is kind of ambiguous. He really? might not be dead. Really? So he might still be out there <laughs> from the play. Actually, he was a really nice guy. played the role of Dracula. I know he's still on. <laughs> now, how about, like, when Dracula's at a monster party with the other, with, like, the Wolfman and a mummy and Frankenstein? Like, do you, were you into those monster parties? That's my favorite monster thing is the monster parties. Well, uh, no, I've never been to one. You've never been to a monster party? No. Okay. Even, even for Halloween, I always went, like, the superhero or, like, old comedians. I did Groucho Marx for a bunch of years. I never really... Anything with, except, of course, Groucho had the, the black mustache but and eyebrows. But otherwise, I never really went for the makeup stuff. Really? Yeah. yeah one year, we went to a birthday... A, a Halloween party in Brooklyn, and I dressed up like Frankenstein's monster, like, really, like, with really elaborately and uh, someone I went to the party and someone was like oh hey good to meet you what's your name I'm like Frank they're like <laughs> okay but really what's your name <laughs> no I'm really named Frank it's just a coincidence <laughs> that I'm dressed as Frankenstein you know? well that's like the movie My Cousin Vinny yeah <laughs> well every time I tell people about you My Cousin Vinny I'm going to see My Cousin oh, oh is the movie playing somewhere what, what are you like no I have a cousin named Vinny yeah never gets old yeah. every time <laughs> Funny every time, as my friends and I like to say. So now you're you're me and you and my brother are about the same age. So we're Gen yes. X. We're a bit old on the older side of Gen X. Yeah, but still Gen X. Yeah. So do you remember uh, the local TV stations would just show like these old monster movies all the time? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you had Zachary. I think we had Zachary. Because that was out of Philly, and I did not have oh, Zachary. You know we might have. Yeah, we might have had Zachary because. So you had Zach- Do you remember Zachary? He was like one of the horror hosts. You saw him at the chiller. Yeah, we met him at one of the chillers. Yeah, he was like uh, so he was like, cool. 
I've only I've only heard good things about Zachary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's like sort of nice he thing. was like an Elvira years before Elvira. Yeah. yeah. And and without you know her certain attributes. Yes, exactly. Um, but do you remember like the uh, Mighty Joe Young or like Destroy yeah. All Monsters? Watching those. It, it feels, I think Channel Nine used to show. Yes, those exactly. A lot. Yeah. Mighty Joe Young, starring yeah. Terry Moore. Yeah. Ooh, thank you. It's my salad, vegan. Yeah, but I was when when we were kids. I was always more into the comedies. Like I always loved every Sunday at eleven thirty. I always made my dad rush home from uh, Mass so that I could watch the Abbott and Costello movie. And they had a lot of monsters in there, too. They had Meets the Mummy, Meets... Right, there are a lot of monsters. Costello Meets Frankenstein is brilliant. And it it still holds up. It's... Yeah, yeah, they did The Mummy. They did The Invisible Man. They did Boris Karloff. They... Yeah. I think Frankenstein was the first one. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, well, this is a big hit. Thank you. All right. Well, I guess we'll take a break while we're having our, our soup and salad, and then we'll continue with some monster talk. <laughs> hey, it's two days later now. It's a Monday. Yeah, so at that restaurant, uh, you know, we recorded that brief segment uh, for uh, Central and also here on the Overnightscape. Um, <clears throat> I had intended on recording more, but it didn't really feel like uh, there was a good opportunity. You know, I didn't want to be... I didn't want to push it if it didn't feel right. So at least we got Vinny on and, and Jan, my brother. My brother's been on before, but uh, just a, a little bit they got on the show. Yeah, I threw together that um, the central episode with a bunch of other stuff, interesting stuff. Check it out. <coughs> yeah, that restaurant, they actually, when I asked them for something vegan, they, they, they put together very, it was very good. They uh, had the, because uh, they have fresh pasta with egg, but they had some pasta without egg and marinara. And a salad, so they actually did a great job. It was really good. Um, yeah, then we went back to their house and hung out for a while. Was talking about a ton of stuff. Really want to try to get Vinny on. I know it's like it's tough. It's like you know I you know uh, I've been asking and but I know I'm not really giving him a an easy way of whatever like uh, coming on the shows. I don't know. It's tough. But as you heard him, he's like he would be great on here. I just wish he would. I have to work on it more. Anyway. <coughs> yeah, then I I went home on uh, 78 from there, and it did seem like it took an awfully long time. There was a little bit of a traffic jam. It was weird lighting, too, uh, towards, the, towards the evening. What a day. Because uh, yesterday, the next day, it, it got so much colder and rainier. That was just such a unique day, uh, the, the beautiful weather, the drive down there. Yeah, from 78, I decided to get on to uh, 287, and then I uh, just drove down 46 on the way home. It took quite a while, but it was all right. It's, it's a really nice day. Thanks for coming along with me. <coughs> and today's cold and rainy, too. Anyway, uh, yeah, that uh, show I talked about last time, Bodies, on uh, Netflix, it's a I suppose you could call it a time travel show. It is a time travel show. <coughs> I finished I finished up the first season. Eight episodes, as I was expecting. But I was wrong, though. I, I sort of figured it would go bad on episode six, and then it would end in a cliffhanger, then it would get canceled. And I was wrong. It it felt like a little bit of a... Episode six felt like, a, like it was a little bit of a stumble, but it was not, actually. And... Um, by the end of the season, 
it was it was good all throughout, and it was not that much of a cliffhanger. In fact, I read somewhere that someone had quoted the producer or the showrunner as saying this was really just meant to be a one-season show, which is sort of how they should be. They should be self-contained considering how Netflix cancels most of their shows. It should be self-contained. In this case, I think it was a good example of a fairly self-contained story. Uh, There's a couple little things thrown in at the end that could lead to another season, but not your traditional cliffhanger uh, where you really feel like you need to see what happened. So I thought Bodies was really quite good. If if you don't know the premise of Bodies that they introduced at the beginning of the show and how they popularize it, uh, four detectives in four different time periods in the same alley in London, England, discover the same body. So four different detectives in 1890, 1941, 2023, and 2053 all discover the same body. And uh, <coughs> it's a mystery. Um, <coughs> yeah, good show, though. R- very good. I would recommend it. I don't think there'll be a second season. I don't think it's necessary, but who knows what they're going to do. I mean, they cancel everything. They even canceled the OA, for God's sake. So I can't imagine this one will get renewed, but... Yeah. Anyway, I was impressed. It was good. My, and my wife just watched it as well, and she thought it was very good as well. Good stuff. You know, because in each time period, just the detectives and all the other characters, and, you know, it's like, uh, has the mind warping stuff, the time travel stuff. I mean, it's, it does feel like it's constructed of bits and pieces of other shows I've seen. Uh, <coughs> 12 Monkeys, I think, especially. Um, comes to mind as a much longer and more elaborate uh, time travel show, but in kind of a similar way, kind of, you know, the idea of, uh, yeah, sort of, and I think I think also a funny, a funny or a strange show called Timeless, which was more of a network show that uh, was a time travel show, and they all kind of had, um, you know, the enemy that had an organization back in time kind of thing. Not too much of a spoiler. Right. I think even Lost had a bit of a time travel element for a while, but they kind of drifted away from that. Good stuff. And the one show that I that I saw that doesn't seem to be around anymore, because someone was mentioning these on uh, the subreddit, uh, Continuum. Great time travel show about this... Uh, woman cop from the future who goes into the past and uh, that's a great show and I don't I don't know if you can watch that anymore I don't know where that's even available and of course uh, I think another Netflix show Travelers another one with kind of a generic name like Bodies uh, I would say Travelers I like that even more oh, that was a great show I think it went for a few seasons it had that guy Eric McCormack from Will and Grace uh, as the main guy but the concept of that show is that uh, the time travel, there's no physical time travel. Um, they're able to, um, using a quantum computer in the future, this is Travelers now. I even started rewatching it. That's how much I love this show. Um, they can send a person back in time by choosing a person in the past and overwriting their, their brain with the brain of, you know, the mind of the person from the future. And uh, so that actually kills the person in the past, which 
obviously that's immoral, it's unethical to just murder people in the past, but then there's also the issue of, of, of uh, messing up the timeline and changing the future. So their solution to that was to find someone who was who who died most cases accidentally or instant you know instantly from an assault or something and um they would send the person back in time a few minutes before that character's death they would know all about it and know how to avoid uh getting killed and uh since the person was going to die anyway it's not immoral to overwrite them though it it is, you know, kind, it does feel kind of you have killed that person, but they were going to die anyway. Ah, uh, great show, great show. You know, and the timeline keeps changing, obviously, but there's a quantum computer, which is sort of the Deus Ex Machina, you know, to keep things in order. You know. <coughs> huh. In other news, I I had a kind of a weird instance this morning incident you know how I have uh, um, hypnopompic uh, imagery as you're waking up you'll I find at times I I see documents and things written down right as I'm waking up and they said that's the phase when you're leaving sleep into wakefulness the hypnopompic state and there's these phrases and stuff image uh, usually words and phrases but it's sort of Blasted, burnt into my surface of my my mind. I, I know the spelling and pronunciation of these words and everything else. In this case, it was a little bit different. I, I woke up and sat up in bed, and I looked up the left hand wall of the bed the bedroom, and I'm like, I sort of saw a sign uh, on the wall, <coughs> a plaque or something. Uh, that <laughs> I realized wasn't there, but I it's almost like I looked up at the wall and I remembered seeing a sign on the wall just moments before. So it feels kind of like one of those hypnopompic images, but a little bit different because it's sort of overlaid on the waking world. And it was the name... Um, Eurydice is that how they say it? I, I, I never knew how to pronounce it. It's E U R Y D I C E, right? It's uh, from uh, Greek mythology, right? Eurydice. Eurydice. Okay. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. Eurydice. E U R Y D I C E, right? Eurydice. Eurydice. It's exactly that word, Eurydice. And I knew it was a character from mythology, a female character. Didn't know anything beyond that. Well, how do you say it again? Eurydice. Eurydice. Okay. Not, Eurid- not Eurydice. 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 <laughs> that was so weird. It was just the word Eurydice This is written on this plaque on the wall. But I was remembering seeing it, I'm assuming, from the hypnopompic stage. So what is up with Eurydice? And I was researching this. And... Uh, it's uh let me let me just say let me read you what they say about this it's it's a it's a myth <clears throat> in Virgil's version of the Greek myth Eurydice is a newly wed oak nymph who while fleeing an attacker in the forest steps on a venomous snake and dies a 
Upon receiving news of his wife's <coughs> sudden passing, Orpheus, the renowned musician and poet, <coughs> descends to the underworld, Hades, to claim her. So I guess like Orpheus, this is a very big myth, right? Orpheus is a great musician and plays music and convinces uh, Hades and, Perse- and Perse- Persephone, Hades' wife, and to let to let her go, let to like take Eurydice and back into the land of the living. But he's told not to look back, but he does, and then he loses her forever until he's killed. Apparently, on the orders of Dionysus. There's a whole lot going on with these myths, but anyway. They sort of gloss over the fact that she's not human. Eurydice is is a type of being known as a wood nymph. There's another word for it as well. Um, she's an oloniad, which is a uh, a nymph that was found in the pastures and vales. So nymphs are uh, a minor female nature deity. Different from other Greek goddesses, nymphs are generally regarded as personifications of nature. So in some places saying they were immortal and some places saying they're mortal. So I don't know how this godlike being gets bitten by a snake and winds up dying. Right? It's kind of weird. Um, I guess she's also known as a dryad. But there's all these different types of of nymphs. It's so detailed, these female spirits. But (coughs) I think, as far as our modern sensibilities go, that nymphs are fictitious beings that don't exist. But it's just so specific. Could there be any truth to to this, the existence of them? And then you just sort of like, a, a human can just marry this sort of Minor godlike being, a nymph. The dry, she is a dryad, an oak nymph. Hmm. They were considered to be very shy creatures, except around the goddess Artemis, who was known to be a friend to most nymphs. It's so weird. Yeah. Some other nymphs, uh, Atlantia and Phoebe, two of the many wives or concubines of Danaeus. Never heard of that. Chrysopelia, Driope, Erato, Eurydice, and uh, Tithoria. <laughs> yeah. But were they immortal or more? Like, you know, like, I don't think, especially a nature deity, right? <coughs> a minor goddess of nature killed by a snake bite? I mean, that seems kind of weird. Well, the whole thing is pretty weird. <coughs> anyway. Um, yeah, and I guess it's sort of, there's a lot of stories about, in many different cultures, including in the Bible, with, was it Lot and his wife? And he looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. You're, not, you're, you're told not to look back, but then everyone in these myths looks back. There's other versions of it as well, apparently, that other like in India or whatever, there's different stories that are very similar in their structure. Um, but I guess she remains in the in the, in the land of the dead, which <laughs> just seems kind of weird. Anyway, what? What? Why would I like? It just seems so random. I never really specifically researched or saw anything with Eurydice. 
but I've seen the name as I, you know, as you go through the day, there's maybe see some Greek mythology stuff here and there. I don't know. Very weird. I never had anything quite like that. Uh, remembering seeing the moments earlier, a plaque on the wall of Eurydice. I don't know. Weird. Oh, and uh, my wife actually noticed this. I didn't notice this, but in episode one of Bodies in 1941, uh, one of the cars has a 209 in the license plate. Yes. Ah, oh, that's so wild. I missed. I can't believe I missed it. I'm usually looking for 209s, which is, of course, my favorite number. And I always look for instances of it in movies and TV shows and things. Yeah. Anyway, um, in other news, very sadly, uh, Matthew Perry from Friends, he played Chandler in Friends, has died at the age of 54. He was younger than me. Holy crap. It's making me feel really old that Chandler is younger than me. Oh, my God. So um, this was just the other day that they found out he died. And uh, they found him dead, I guess, drowned in his his, uh, jacuzzi, his hot tub. And uh, that's sort of, I don't know. I mean, the implication is kind of like, I don't know, if you take too much drugs and you go in the water, you could just drown, right? I don't know what happened, but uh, very sad. So I think, yeah, he's the first of the six friends to die. 54 years old, jeez. <coughs> yeah, yeah, apparently he was a kind of a troubled person. I know there was a friend's uh, a reunion, and he was talking about how it was a struggle for him to be on the show, and I guess he's an alcoholic and a drug addict, and... Got all sorts of issues, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what he's been doing since, friends. It's been 20 years since the show's been off the air or something like that. I don't know. They were showing his his house up in the, I'm assuming, up in the Hollywood Hills or somewhere. Big swimming pool. I guess the last picture he posted on Instagram was him in the pool. Very scary stuff. But, yeah, he will live on in Friends as Chandler Bing forevermore I wonder if all the friends are younger than me that's kind of annoying <laughs> I think some of them are older than me aren't they? Do I have to look this up I think uh, Lisa Kudrow's older than me like I know I'm old but am I, am I as old as them? really? alright let's see friends not the Led Zeppelin song the TV show Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. All right, so we know our Jennifer Aniston. She's 54. No, Courtney Cox. Yay, she's older than me. She's 59. Yay, I'm 56. Lisa Kudrow. 60, all right. Matt LeBlanc. 56. He's a few months older than me. Wow. Matthew Perry was the youngest one, I guess, one of the younger ones. And then David Schwimmer, he's got to be older than me. Come on. No. Yes, yes, he's a uh, about a year older than me. He's, he's also 56 right now, but he's going to turn 57 uh, next week. Okay. So I'm kind of in the middle of all the friends' ages. <coughs> yeah. There he is, Matthew Perry. 
died. Yeah, they're still investigating. Yes, they still have to investigate what happened. What happened to the guy? Happy Halloween! Yes, it is October 31st, 2023 right now. It's the next day. Some birds chirping. Yeah, Halloween. I even have like a jack-o'-lantern thing here. To prove it, to prove that it's Halloween, and I and I, I I'm wearing my Nasha slash T-shirt, which it looks sort of like a mummy kind of character, so slightly Halloween related. Yeah, so the thing is here on this street, like we don't get as many trick or treaters, but the next street up is like this super Halloween street, to the point that uh, people need to spend hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars on candy because it's like in the entire town and the entire area that street up there is like Halloween central I guess when you move in there you get sort of a a sense of your Halloween responsibilities up there yeah I've walked down there a few times on Halloween it's pretty amazing very elaborate you know here we don't have to do much I just have one decoration that's it one decoration is all we need in fact let me put it down here I'm going to put it here by my stairs, just so we're in the Halloween spirit. Yes, there we go. Just to prove we're celebrating Halloween. Otherwise, I don't really have much uh, decorations going on, but uh, one is enough to have decorations. Or, is it, or would it just be decoration? Oh, you need two. Damn it, I only have, I only have the one. Oh, well. Yeah, I've been listening to the new, the new Duran Duran album, Dance Macabre. Uh, I'm going to uh, talk about it a little bit later as I absorb it more. More, I haven't heard the whole thing all the way through yet. But, um, yeah, it's a, sort of a Halloween-themed uh, record from Duran Duran. Sort of, yeah. Well, they have the song. They redid some of their songs. They did some covers. They have some new songs, even like a mashup. And it's, it's, it's a weird album, but... Um, they redid one of my favorite Duran Duran songs, Secret October. They call it Secret October 31st in reference to Halloween. I don't think they changed the lyrics, though. Wise on a birthday party In a world full of surprising fireworks Sudden silence Holding your own in a battered car all night parties, cocktail balls, and smile When the butterfly escapes the killing jars <laughs> Great song. It was, it was originally like a, a, an old B-side. So those in the know that were Duran, Duran Duran fans knew about Secret October. Anyways, good news. I heard back from Neil from Ireland. And uh, he's cool with uh, me posting his uh, revived episodes of Into Your Head. Uh, it, it's been seven years. <laughs> this last episode was in September 2016. So now here in uh, October 2023, Neil from Ireland is back. And I already posted the first uh, comeback episode, which was sort of a warm-up. And I'm hoping to get the other two up today. As this is the end of the month, and I'd like to get them in the... Uh, uh, in the October archive because that's going to be the final 
archive in uh, the next print book. I'm planning on getting the next print book out next month. That's the plan, at least. <laughs> so I'd like those to be in there. Plus, uh, we also have, just this month, uh, completed every letter of the alphabet for titles for Overnight Escape Central because the zoo. I did request a PQ to uh, do an X and a, and a Z, so we'd have every letter of the alphabet. And many numbers as well. The numbers are all in one number category, so we don't really need 0 through 9. <laughs> right, you know, the listing is just a number sign, like a pound sign or octothorpe, whatever they call it. <coughs> a hashtag. The hash sign, uh, that's for the numbers. And then A through Z. So we have that, so, yeah. And plus uh, all, all of the Europe, uh, the Italy episodes, right? No, th- those should already be up. Yeah, those are up. Those are those are already up. <laughs> what was I thinking about? Anyway, listen. So yeah, into your head is he will hear on uh, the uh, Onsug Radio. So those of you that are in the far future and have the archive, you have the episode. Yay! Yeah, he starts off that comeback episode with two cats walk into a bar. Let me, let me, I think I can play it. I just go to Onsug.com. I just posted it. <coughs> Great stuff. I'm so happy he's back. It just makes me feel good that uh, after seven years he has returned. Here we go. Could this be it? Hmm? Loading. Two cats walk into a bar. One of the cats goes straight up to the bar counter and says, Hello, can I have a pint of your finest Guinness, please? And a man sitting at the far end of the bar goes, Oh, there's nobody there. There's no, there's nobody at the bar, I'm afraid, uh, young kicky cat. Uh, he closed it down seven years ago, I'm afraid. He got disinterested and then kind of just disappeared off. And then he tore down the website after a couple of years. Uh, stopped using his computer for about four years. And then came back, crawling back a couple of years later with his matchstick cats. And then a couple of years later, he suddenly goes, I'd love to start doing this uh, bar. So you can check that out. Intoyourhead.com. I think you should, if you want to listen to the show, probably go to intoyourhead.com as your main uh, way of doing it. But you can also get it on on uh, Onsug Radio. So. And Matchstick Match Cats is a, a series of uh, like comic strips, which is actually really good as well. So check it out. Oh, that new Beatles song is coming out in two days. Their final song, two days. Almost there. So I bought a video game this morning on Steam. I've been looking. I've been eyeing this one for uh, quite a while. I haven't bought it. I don't know why. It's one of the highest-rated uh, video games uh, in recent years, called Hades. Hades, right? Hades, and um, it's sort of a, you run around three-quarters perspective, hacking and slashing, and it just gets amazing reviews. Everyone loves it. I've never gotten it though, but the reason I I feel like I should get it. It's on sale now, half price, for like twelve bucks. But also, it has Eurydice. Eurydice, Eurydice, I can't pronounce that name. Eurydice, the character I was talking about earlier that I had that weird vision of the, the seeing the sign on the wall of my the bedroom. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Eurydice apparently is in it, in the game. So I figured I'd better get it. I've been meaning to get it, and Eurydice is in the game. So it's probably a good idea to get it. <laughs> so I haven't played it yet. I, I, I just bought it. It's on sale, damn it. So 
I guess all those kind of characters are there. Hades, Persephone, all those uh, Greek characters. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so I uh, have the insurance inspectors coming today. I had one inspector come to look at the water damage, of which there really was none, because in, in my garage, a, a branch sort of pierced through this, the roof of my garage, and I didn't find out about it until recently. Now we have the roof inspectors coming. I don't know why they couldn't have all done it in one, in one fell swoop. <laughs> but uh, two, It's a two-stage uh, inspection. Of course, my garage is a mess, but as I mentioned last time, I'm sure these people have seen messy garages before. What do you want? What do you want? Um, so they should be coming. Actually, they could be coming as soon as six minutes from now. There's a window. They could be coming between 11 and 2. They will be coming between 11 and 2. But who knows? Maybe they'll come at 11. So I better get ready, actually. Get ready for the another another inspection. All right. A bit later now. I think it's time to review this new Duran Duran album, Dance Macabre. I say macabre. Is it macabre? I don't know. But anyway, the song Dance Macabre was on a record I had growing up. And there's a, one of those old cassettes of me as a kid. I'm like, I say, and now the dance macabre. This is right. And this is not the, the song on the Duran Duran album. It's named after the... You probably have heard this. By Camille St. Sands. I used to love that as a kid. But anyway, Dance Macabre, the uh, Duran Duran album. This is actually a really interesting album. Um, it's sort of a project that um, it's not like a complete full new album. But there are three new songs on there. There's some reworkings of old songs. There's some covers, even kind of a mashup. Um, all sort of with a, you know, sort of a Halloween horror spooky theme. And uh, I, I really, I really do like it. It's cool. It also has Andy Taylor on it, who's the member that has uh, been with the band the least. He's the one that usually quits first when they get back together. Of course, recently he had a diagnosed with a stage four cancer, but he's still alive. Um, I think he's doing better now. And of course, Warren Cucurulo, who was with the band for many years, he's actually on this album as well, along with Nile Rodgers and um, other guests. Um, it's the covers sort of bring to mind their 1995 covers album thank you which of course was perhaps not their greatest moment but it had some interesting covers such as uh 911 is a joke yes Simon Laban uh rapping uh you know doing the rap of flavor flav you know well i dialed 911 a long time ago can't you see how late they reacting they only come when they come when you wanna uh, so this is sort of an all-purpose kind of cool album. The titles are all in caps, kind of like they did on their last album, Future, what was it called, Future Perfect or Future Past? or What was their last album called? I don't know. I have to give it another chance. I don't think it was that great, the last album, but it was called uh, Future Past, yeah. That was in 2021. I actually saw the tour. I, I went to see Duran Duran at Madison Square Garden uh, on their tour for uh, Future Past. <clears throat> whenever they played songs from that album everyone 
sat down, went to the bathroom, whatever. Listen, it's hard to to have new songs, but this one's really cool. So it starts off with uh, so all all of the songs that they redid of their old songs, they they changed the uh, the spelling in some way. Besides being all caps, "Nightboat," a great song from their first album in 1981, is now one word. "Nightboat." Originally, it was two words. I'm waiting for the night. The next song is Black Moonlight, which is a brand new song. And I've only heard this a few times. It's pretty good. And this third song is Love Voodoo, which was sort of an album track on uh, what's known as the Wedding Album, the album from around 1990 that um, was just called Duran Duran. That was kind of like their comeback album. This is instead of spelling voodoo, V O U V D O U, instead of V O O D O O. It's a kind of. Ooh. Was that. That almost sounded like. The chords from uh, Dance Macabre a little bit? No. So this is, you know, them redoing one of their older songs. And all these songs have kind of a, you know, spooky theme. Then we have a Bury a Friend, a, a Billie Eilish cover. I, I think I was barely familiar with the song. I checked out a little bit of the music video. This is from a, I think this is one of Billie Eilish's, like, early hits. Then there's a song, Supernature, by Cerrone, C-E-R-R-O-N-E, uh, from 1977, a, a French a musician that I had never heard this about this song, but it's very good. Then we have the Duran Duran song "Dance Macabre," which is this is another original, but it's not the Saint Sens, whatever. How you ever pronounce that? Dance Macabre. This is a good song. And uh, then here comes uh, Secret October 31st. This is, I would say, Secret October is my favorite Duran Duran song of all time. Uh, it was, again, it was a B-side from the Rio era, 82-ish. But here's their take on it. <laughs> no matter how you slice it, this is pretty much their best song. <coughs> Giving you like a spooky kind of aspect. They should have put To the Shore on here. That's another obscure song from the first album. But Sanhedralite, you know, that whole thing? No. no. Rise on a birthday. Or is it Wise on a Birthday Party? This is kind of a cool. This is a, I really do like this album. Wise on a Birthday Party In a world full of exciting Surprising fireworks and then we have a couple of uh, uh, more covers. We have Ghost Town by The Specials. This is one of those songs I've always loved this song. I mean, more than any other song by The Specials. Ghost Town really stands out. And there was a time when I, like, I had these three songs that I was sort of obsessing on. It was uh, Ghost Town by The Specials, Walk Like an Egyptian by The Bangles, and then also um, Stepping Out by Joe Jackson. But uh, Ghost Town, of course, is quite a song. This town, coming like a ghost town. 
he's he's doing a bit of a an accent and but you know this song if you don't know this song i don't know to tell you this is a great song the original yeah the specials are like kind of a ska band right yeah Unlock a ghost town. And then we have Rolling Stones cover Paint It Black. And he does change up some of the lyrics a little bit. Interesting. And this is this is the mashup, Super Lonely Freak. This takes their their song from the Rio album, Lonely in Your Nightmare, which is a great song. And sort of, it's sort of a mashup because it just it's Lonely in Your Nightmare, the first part. Then it turns into Super Freak. She's a super freak, right? It's really weird how that works. It just shifts in the middle. But if you know, this is an al- this is like an album track. It wasn't a single uh, from Rio. But I've always loved this one. It gives me such a special feeling when I hear it because I used to listen to that album all the time. Really great song. Let's see when it switches to Super Freak. Super Lonely Freak. It just it just shifts like in one moment. I think it's coming up. Yeah, right there. Also brings to mind MC Hammer's you can't touch this, but that's not what this is. She's a super freak. Then we have a more, another cover, Spellbound by Susie and the Banshees. I have to say, Susie and the Banshees is one of those bands I never really got into. I've tried a few times getting into Susie and the Banshees. Maybe I'll try again. I don't know. There's something about Susie and the Banshees that kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what it is, though. I remember there was a band within the past 10 or 15 years called Savages. That was kind of a Susie and the Banshees-inspired band that sounded better than Susie and the Banshees. And then we have another great song, Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads, featuring Victoria DeAngelis from that band Main Skin. I don't know how to pronounce that. There's a million accent marks. Monoskin. I know they, they won that Eurovision contest that's usually not on the, the radar of Americans like me. Can't seem to face up to the facts. Tense and nervous and I can't relax Can't sleep cause my bed's on fire Don't touch me, I'm a real live wire I'm tense and nervous and I can't relax Can't sleep cause my bed's on fire It's great hearing Simon Levon sing this song I didn't hear Victoria DeAngelis in this song though she in the background or something? Kiss Kiss Say Oh there she is She's doing the fa-fa-fa stuff. Listen, I don't care if you have to say fa in the song, just fa-fa-fa. If Duran Duran calls, you answer, okay? Kiss-kiss-say. Run, run, run away. Finally... Of course, there's 13 tracks on the album. Of course, there are. There should be. 
this type of album. This is another brand new Duran Duran song called Confession in the Afterlife. It's kind of a slow song, kind of reminiscent of like uh, like the chauffeur, you know. You know the chauffeur? Out on the tall plains, the lights are moving, all looking for a new place to drive. Right. So altogether, this is really a, a nice surprise. I remember I was talking about it when I was in Italy, in Bari. Uh, I heard about this album coming out, and uh, yeah, it's uh, much better than I thought it would be. And very happy that there's a good, weird, strange album. It's sort of the all-purpose Duran Duran album. All the guys are on it, Andy Taylor, Warren Cucurulo, the main four, right? Now Rogers, who, of course, worked with them in the past, I believe, in fact, I think I saw him open for Duran Duran when I was at Madison Square Garden. The covers, the new stuff, the reworked old stuff, it's very cool. Secret October. Smile. When the butterfly escapes the killing jar. <laughs> there must be some notes in there I can't hit. I can't hit any notes, but who am I kidding? And on to some other music news here. Uh, a new King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard album uh, came out. Now, they do release a lot of albums, several albums each year. Um, this album is called The Silver Chord, and it just uh, just came out recently. October 27th, in fact, is a few days ago. And uh, I've been hugely impressed by this album. In fact, this is the best album by them I've heard in a long, long time. As you may know, I was uh, I, I got into... King Gizzard. Let me just find their discography here. Uh, back in uh, Flying Microtonal Banana Era, right? And um, that was... Let me see. I'm trying to find it here. King, uh, 2017. So 2017 is really when I got into them. And that was the year that they decided to release five albums in the year. And uh, I checked out all of their previous stuff. It was so much great stuff in their uh, discography. Um, especially, you know, Paper Mache, Dream Balloon, sort of 60s uh, psychedelic pop, Nonagon Infinity, Nonagon Infinity opens the door. What a great stuff. I'm in your mind. for So much great stuff. And then Flying Microtonal Banana introduced a microtonal sound, and I was really into them. Unfortunately, a few months later, they released this album, <laughs> Murder of the Universe, which is about, like, an android who wanted to vomit all over the universe, and all of the references to vomit just kind of, like, turned me off to them so much. It was just so annoying and disgusting. The album kind of ruined it for me in a way. It was kind of sad uh, that, you know, there are aspects of it I like, but it's just sort of so nauseating. And that was probably the intent, but, um, you know, uh, it just was, it just kind of, like, took all the wind out of my sails in a fandom. And then the, the other three albums they released that year, none of them were really that great. You had Sketches of Brunswick East, Sketches of Brunswick East, with this very obscure musician called Mild High Club. Uh, Polygondwana Land, which was this album that they said they released for free, and yet they didn't give it any kind of a free license. They didn't say it's public domain. Only one song, as far as I could tell, was released under Creative Commons. So they're like, you, you can download this, it's yours. But then people tried uploading a song to YouTube and they'd get a takedown notice. So it actually was copyrighted, a Polygon Land. That one song, Crumbling Castles, I have played on the other side because it is was released under a Creative Commons license. But that's kind of pissed me off as well. 
then Gumboot Soup was just kind of whatever. They uh, then didn't release any albums in 2018. 2019, they came back with Fishing for Fishies, Infest the Rat's Nest, and they were kind of eh. Uh, in 2020, they had KG. 2021, they had LW and Butterfly 3000. And all of these things I kind of followed a bit, but it was really, they really weren't great albums. And then, uh, I don't know, Made in Timeland. I don't. I thought that was not even available. Apparently it is now. 2022, Omnium Gatherum. That was a little bit better. And then I also, on 2022, I also did buy uh, Ice Death Planets, Lungs, Mushrooms, and Lava on a vinyl. I actually gave it to my nephew, who got a record player. They also did, uh, in 2022, it looks like they had five albums as well. If you want to consider Made in Timeland an album. A Laminated Denim, I don't even hear that at all. Changes, I don't think I even heard that at all. Then earlier this year, just a few months ago, you had Petrodraconic Apocalypse or Dawn of Eternal Night and Annihilation of Planet Earth and the Beginning of Merciless Damnation. And again, I I think I listened to it once and it was just kind of eh. So finally, uh, so I kind of gave up on this band in a way. Finally, the silver chord comes out, and I actually, this is like the best album in a long time by them. I think I might be able to get back into them after the whole vomit situation. Um, uh, yeah, so the silver chord, I, as I recognized the reference as, uh, <coughs> like if you were to do astral travel, as I tried when I was younger, I was never able to achieve it as far as I could tell. The silver chord is what attaches your physical body to your astral body. Um, so there's seven songs on this album and it, there's two discs the first disc is the seven songs Thea or Thea the silver chord set Changi Gil- Gilgamesh Swan Song and Extinction Gilgamesh of course a story from the ancient uh, Sumerian tablets um, right and each of these songs is pretty short uh, three to four minutes long songs but the real feature here is disc two where those same seven songs are all extended. So Thea is now 20 minutes long, and Silver Chord is 12 minutes long, and they're all over 10 minutes long. This is amazing. Like, it just starts off like, here's a Thea. It's very psychedelic. It's very awesome. I've listened to this a bunch of times. Really impressive. Great album. Right. Very much my style. You get the idea. Um, so I'm very happy. I'm very happy they finally put out another good album. Yeah. I mean, you can't fault them for trying. I mean, they have so much stuff. They have so many different genres. There's no band like them. I, of course, was going to go see them in Brooklyn, but then the pandemic hit, and years and like, several years they kept pushing back the date. Then finally they canceled the tickets, and I got my money back. Still haven't seen them live. Um, anyway, so uh, maybe I'll go back and revisit some of those innumerable albums between Microtonal Banana and this one, but great stuff though. And finally, there's another, there's a group called Goat, which is just, I think, in reference to the animal goat, not the, uh, tiresome phrase, greatest of all time, goat, especially using sports. You're the goat, the greatest of all time. That's getting kind of obnoxious, honestly. But Goat, the uh, Swedish uh, band, 
where they all dress up in, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago on the show, uh, they all dress up in these costumes and masks so you don't know who they really are. That's also a little tiresome, but <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, sometimes people want to be in a band, but they don't want to be recognized. I don't think GOAT, I mean, GOAT is big in certain circles, but I don't think anyone's going to recognize these people, even if they weren't wearing masks. I, I don't really think they're going to be going walking down the street feel, oh my God, are you in GOAT? You know? Uh, and I know they have some sort of like backstory, like that the, the town they live in is cursed and they have to wear these costumes and this whole thing. But anyway, the music is really good. And this album, especially, they're going full on like psychedelic rock. And uh, these, uh, this is right, right up my alley again. And I've, I don't know if I've heard, this is their fifth album apparently. I don't know if I've heard all their albums, but I've heard a few of them. I do like them. But this is great. Uh, again, very similar to uh, the Silver Chord. See if we can kind of like fast forward here and get some some of the this is impermanence and death. The song titles impermanence and death raised by hills. I be I became the unemployment office. I like that title. I became the unemployment office. To Saad Vakna, you'll be all right. Join the resistance in tripping in the graveyard. Well, obviously, I became the unemployment office is the best title. I don't know if it's something original or it's a reference to something. If it is a reference to something, I don't know that reference. Right? I really dig this kind of... I think I did play a little bit of this recently. On the show, right? How about I Became the Unemployment Artist? a good song I became the unemployment office I think I listened to this one over and over again too so very promising all this good new music well for me at least I know this is not everyone's cup of tea but I like it and there's also this there's a new uh, group I just just um, found out about literally less than an hour ago called Yule Y-E-U-L-E and uh, let me see if I can find Yule. <laughs> the only other Yule I know is like Yule Brenner from The King and I and Westworld. <laughs> but this is spelled differently. Yule Brenner is Y-U-L. This is Y-U-E-L-E. So the Yule, I haven't listened to it. I barely listened to it. But I started hearing it, and it has like 90s uh, shoegaze vibes. All right, so we'll call this the new, this is the new Yule album What's it called? Uh, soft scars, one word. Uh, here's what it says. <clears throat> Posthumanism was a passion and a coping mechanism on Yule's breakthrough album, 2022's Glitch Princess. Art pop that escaped into the simulation and drew raw emotion from its artifice. Their third full-length finds the shape-shifting musician regaining their bearings as a human being and trading short-circuiting electronica for the fuzzy sounds of shoegaze and 90s alt-rock. Shoegaze, of course, is one of my favorite genres of all time. If you don't know what shoegaze is, look it up. It's a great genre of music. The effect is that of an AI yearning to be flesh and blood. If only I could be real enough to love, they sing over, down, so I guess the pronoun is they, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, there's a tactile quality to the album's digital processing, reminiscent of 90s warp record staples like Boards of Canada or Aphex Twin. Wow. 
shot through with the melancholy that accompanies nostalgia for a time that's long gone and barely remembered. So here's the uh, title track here. I, I just listened to a little bit of this, but you can definitely... I, I didn't even know it was shoegaze-related, but it definitely has a shoegaze vibe. Song titles XWX. Like here, this is very shoegaze. Little, little, uh, little bit like My Bloody Valentine, of course. Loveless, one of the uh, greatest albums of all time. XWX, Sulky Baby, Soft Scars, 4UI12, Ghosts, Daisies, Fish in the Pool, Software Update, Inferno, Blood Bunny, Cyber Meat, and Apex Twin Flame. Hmm. Great. Anyway, I'll be listening to this next. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to be able to embrace this album completely, but we're going to see. Could be good, and it's it's new music, so it's good. Why is it? It seems like the only new music I like is is that sort of uh, filtered through the lens of past musical genres. Is there anything new under the sun? Yes, but we don't know where it is. So the inspectors haven't arrived yet. They're supposed to be able coming with between eleven and two, but. I was kind of hoping they'd come on the earlier part of that range, but apparently guess not. It's only 126 now, so I guess they, they can still come by 2. And uh, we have some Halloween candy uh, for the trick-or-treaters. There'll be too many. What do we have here? We have some that we can't eat because it's not vegan. We have uh, some uh, gummy bears, Kit Kats, Reese's. Peanut butter cups and uh, Hershey's milk chocolate. This stuff is all not not vegan. So then we have some Twizzlers and some Sour Patch Kids that <laughs> might be accidentally vegan. <clears throat> so I don't know. I don't know if there'll be a lot of trick or treaters. We'll have to see. It'll be later on, I think, because it's it's a school day, right? Yeah. So it has to be after school. What time does school get out? I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in school. But anyway, I do have some candy to review. Candy for me. I suppose I'll give myself some candy for Halloween. We have this one. I've had this for a little while. Slowly, the mainstream vegan chocolates are filtering into our country here after they've been over in England and Europe for years. We have here Hershey's Plant-Based Oat Chocolate Confection. Extra Creamy Almond and Sea Salt. So this is exciting. A Hershey's vegan, and they do use the word vegan on the front, nice, uh, product. It's been a long time coming. This is like a, a Hershey bar. No milk. Let's see how it is. Plant-based goodness. Delicious Hershey's taste. So what are they trying to say? Non, their, their, their non-plant-based stuff is like badness because it involves the abuse of animals. 
Oh, they probably would call that goodness as well. My goodness. We don't care if animals are suffering. We want to have milk. Listen, I'm not trying to get all political. Or am I? I'm not. Listen, if you want to eat stuff, you can eat whatever you want. Dairy, meat, I understand. We're probably living in a virtual reality anyway, so... None of this is real anyway, so... Well, it's not, that's not a good philosophy either. But to believe it's real in order to get the most out of life. Let's try this out here. Mmm. That's actually that's very good. I wouldn't know. I think anyone would know this wasn't this didn't have milk in it. It's great. It's fine. Delicious. Why do we need? I mean, this tastes, this tastes great. It's really good. It's a really good chocolate bar. I'm very impressed, actually. Whoa! Some good Halloween candy for me. Um, <coughs> what are they saying? Best Buy? <coughs> I can't even read that. Best Buy, May 2024. Okay, so we're good. We have a little bit more here. Yum, yum. Very yummy. So we have a few more candies that rule from the, ne the Netherlands scent. I really want to try this one. This is called Hands Off My Chocolate Caramel Sea Salt Hazelnut Praline. And it looks like they're little little individually little individual things. Little individual circles of goodness. What does it say in the back here? We support <coughs> The Cocoa Horizons Foundation. This foundation empowers farmers to grow cocoa in a more sustainable way, as well as improving family livelihoods. Nice. We're supporting female farmers in Africa. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like a... The bar that can be cracked apart into individual pieces, little circles. So pretty good. Mmm. That's quite good as well. Caramel, sea salt, hazelnut, and praline. What's up? What is praline actually? Isn't it just sort of like <laughs> sugar? Oh, there can also be a chocolate with a soft filling or a caramelized sugar. So it's another <laughs> kind of another name for caramel, but it's combined with roasted nuts. Hmm. Well, all right. That is very good. What a great Halloween so far. All right, also from Rule, we have uh, this Old Timers, De Ecte Anno, oh, since 1924, Sizoen's Drop, Cocos Drop. So this is um, 
Let's see. Old timers say Zoans drop Cocos 225 gram as a licorice with coconut flavor. This limited edition licorice contains Arabic gum, salmiac, and sweet root extract. So, very excited about this. Thank you, Rule. I hope this has that uh, the ammonia flavor. But let's see. Ooh, it's sealed. The top is sealed in a way I've not quite seen before. Fresh seal. Ooh, nice. Ooh, wow. That's an interesting scent. Licorice and uh, coconut. Let's try this out here. Mmm. Vegan. Mmm. There's palm trees on it. It's very delicious. Mmm. That is so good. Mmm. What a taste. Mmm. That is really good. It says it has the <laughs> the salmiac zout. So I don't taste well I do taste I taste a little bit of the ammonia in there, yeah. Mmm. Oh yeah, I'm getting it now. Oh, I love it. I missed this roll. Thank you so much. Ammonia candy. Mmm. Very subtle. Oh no, I'm getting it now, yeah. It takes a little while to build up. Ammonia is delicious, damn it. Mmm. Plus coconut? I think it's some of the best liquids I've ever had, damn it. It's amazing. <laughs> Sorry about the chewing noises. All right, and finally we have more old-timers vegan licorice that is uh, the, f the favorite mix. Assuming that means favorites mix. And uh, I love this. It's a, it's a box. It's a cardboard box. But there's a seal at the top, right? There's a seal. And then you open it up, and then the candies are just right there. But there's, there's different ones in here, so... I think there's four different styles. Let's see. There's a diamond, an oval, a larger oval, and then one's supposed to look like a horse. One's okay. Then there's supposed to be a different, different one. I'm trying to see. H2S. Oh, here's here's the last one. Yeah. Interesting. We'll try all of these. See, I remember last time, it was many, many years ago that I was I got into the salt licorice, and uh, it's very hard to find vegan. But now, especially in Europe, vegan is more popular. What the hell are these inspectors? They have 15 minutes to stay in the window. Come on. All right, let's try This one says S S Z H or H-Z-S. Mm. So yeah, this one is. Oh, wow. I can instantly tell this one is. Mm. This has quite an industrial flavor. Mm. I like it. This is so good. Gelatine and glutenvridge. 
I hope that means it doesn't have gelatin in it. <laughs> that one was good. Now this one is just sort of a this big hunk, sort of like a little square. Mmm, this one's a bit denser. I guess some are full salt or some are mild salt or something. Come on, inspectors, where are you? Mmm. Yeah, the ammonia, like, sneaks up on you. Mm. Oh, yeah, this one has a lot of ammonia. Oh, my God, I love it. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. Wow, <laughs> nice and strong. Yum, yum. They, right? Didn't I say recently, I was talking about this, that they think ammonia is like the sixth basic taste in your that your tongue can detect? Umami and ammonia are the five and six. Here's a diamond one. This diamond horse one. Mmm. Well, we're still trying to find the right kind of ammonia to put in Coca-Cola because ammonia Coke used to be like the, a big thing. I think it should be a big thing again. Oh, I love. Oh my God, I've missed this. Mmm. Mmm. This one has a lot of ammonia in it. Ah, oh, I love this. Mmm. Honestly, if you've, if you've never tried salt licorice, I know people just think it's salty. No, it's ammonia. Delicious ammonia. And finally, this one, which has... I'm not sure what that's supposed to be a symbol of. Even though I can't even tell. It's like some sort of... Like a pile of yarn or something. Let's see. Mmm. Very nice. Someday I'll have my ammonia coke. It's just hard to find the ammonia because I think it's all like smelling salts. Is it safe to drink? I want to get one that's safe to drink. Obviously, the licorice is safe. Theoretically. <laughs> mm. oh, thank you so much, Rule. Oh, it's so good. Kitty, no. Kitties are not, I don't think cats are allowed to have licorice with ammonia. I don't think cats would want it anyway. It's a human delicacy. Only humans like it. I don't know, maybe other animals might like it. I don't know. You don't know. You'd have to try every animal, see if they want to eat it. It'll take a long time. Like maybe uh, giant centipedes from Africa, like maybe they would love licorice. You just never know, you know? You'd have to try it out. Then it would be hard to, I mean, if they start eating it, they might like it, but then you have to make sure it's not like poisonous to them or something. You know what I'm saying? What am I saying? Hmm. I just saw a car, uh, you know, like an SUV drive by with a ladder on the roof. I really thought those were the uh, inspectors. I think they just missed, missed my, uh, my, I think that's got to be them. I'm, I think they'll be back. I hope. Yes, they're back. Here they are. All right, I've got to go meet them and take them to the garage.
All right, the inspection is done. Yeah, the guy uh, had a little uh, little uh, ladder, went up on the roof and was looking at it and stuff. So we have all the information now for the claim to fix the roof of the garage. Very happy that it's done. Anyway, yeah, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, today's episode is called Various Sunshines. And uh, there's that picture I took sitting there on my uh, my little road trip that you you came on the first part of me. Well, the first part was the main part. The the way back was just highway driving. But, um, yeah, there's the picture. Did a little color work on it. I, I really like the way the color came out. This kind of something about the color tones in there. Sort of evocative of something. I can't really quite tell what. And you can just barely see across the, uh, like across the, uh, the highway there. Let me see if you can, what you can see there. There's a business you can see across the highway. Kitty, it's Mr. Mojo Fuzzo Expo, but this is a fitness and wellness center, and also Window Rama. It's there in Fairfield, uh, New Jersey, on Route 46. You can also see my inspection sticker. I'm due. What in May? I have to get the car inspected. Now wait a minute. And the font I chose is uh, is called Via Face Don. It's like uh, the letters have like these sort of like 1920s flapper woman in the letters. Can you see it? It's called Via Face Don. Yeah, yeah. Via Face Don. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually what it's called Via Face Don. Hmm. Okay, there's, there's some different versions of it, but yeah, this is uh, the Black Hats version, I think. There are many different versions of Via Face Don. Mechanorma, okay, was the company, wow. Dick Pape is the creator of that font, Dick Pape. I found it on that, uh, it's just a weird... Uh, Font site, you know, the Opti fonts, and it's like alt binaries fonts. Someone actually like redid this one. Mr. Mojo, what's going on? What do you need, Kitty? I already gave you guys lunch, no? You need lunch? Kitty. Come on. And I put two little gray lines above and below just as a little accent. Because I wanted to have the complete image in here, you know. Originally, I did try, you know, sort of extending the image using AI, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I think we need to take a break from AI. Well, next next show art's going to be AI, but AI involved. This one has no AI involved. The intelligence is all natural. It's all it's done with natural intelligence. Definitely some cool plants though on the side of this parking lot here, right? If you look at the picture. Yes, Kitty. What do you need? I really have to go get it inspected. I guess it's all right. Some of that my father's car I inherited from him. Kitty, you're gonna knock it over? Yes, it's it's funny because um, Mojo the cat has he does knock things off the table. He's here. Here he goes. <laughs> Kitty, but uh, Vegas the cat does not does not do that. He doesn't have that instinct. Kitty, yes, I'm talking about you. How about this bottle? 
Let me put this on the edge here. What are you going to do? Kitty, you're going to knock it over? <laughs> he can't help himself. Kitty. Is it too heavy to knock over? No? Maybe he'll let this one be. Who knows? Via face Dawn. Any more context on this? No, he's not going to knock it over. Oh. Kitty, please. <clears throat> oh, wow. Letter form archive. Hans Donner and Sylvia Trinker. Via face Don Black and Via face Don Outline. Huh. Yeah, there's a lot more details to via face Don you can't really see in the way I used it. But. What is this letter form archive? That looks that looks like a good. Uh, I think I ran into that before. Okay, here is here is the information on via face Don. A pictorial alphabet. This is on fontsanduse.com. A pictorial alphabet in which each letter is drawn around a female face. Two styles: black, solid, and outline. Some letters AFL come in two shapes. Oh, I was looking for the, the alternate A, because I, I kind of like the alternate A better, but I don't think I had much of a choice. This is, it was like a, you know, so someone's re, you know, sort of re, redrawing of it. Digitized by Build for their NFCU project circa 2008, and by Daylight Fonts, both unreleased. Dick Pape made an auto-traced freebie in five styles, adding var variations like white instead of black hats and a grunge speckled style. The samples uses his via-faced-on black lines adjusted. Nutura released an uncredited commercial version as any serie. Huh. Where do I get the good version of it? I don't know. Hmm. But there's an actual looks actually a record used it. It's uh, Elsa by Didier Barbellivian. <laughs> Didier Bar well who knows? Maybe this is good music. Let's see. Didier Bar Didier Barbellivian Elsa. The single. Okay. Who knows? Maybe it'll be on YouTube. I don't know. Yeah, there he is. Here's Didier Bar Bellivian. Here he is on TV in 1982 singing the song. Wow. Wonder what country this is. Fr France, maybe? See, in the future, everything just comes easily. Well, in terms of media. He used that same font. See, great minds think alike. Is he a great mind, though? I mean, this is no King Gizzard, but it's all right. Oh, wow, there he is in later days. He's all old later. Is he still alive? He's still alive. He's 69 years old. Did he do anything bad? Like, no, okay. I'm glad. I, I, I didn't. I wondered if the guy later on was found to have done something bad, but he seems all right. 
And how do you pronounce his name? Did Didier Barbelivian? Is that? Listen, it's difficult to pronounce French. Ooh, there's actually is pronunciation wikis. Let's see if we can. This can help us. Didier Barbelivian. What? Didier Bar. What? Didier Barbelivian. Didier Barbelivian. Didier Barbelivian. Jesus, it's not easy. How to say this? They're telling how to say it in Cat Catalan. DJ Barbelivian. <laughs> That's in Chinese. DJ Barbelivia. How about a Canadian, English Canadian? Oh, they don't have it. Australian. Hmm. Some of these aren't working. Did you Barbelivian? <laughs> Did you Barbelivian? Didier Barbalivine. Didier Barbalivine. Didier Somehow, it, n none of these sound right. Didier Barbalivien. Barbalivien. Didier Barbalivien. Great. I think we exhausted that topic. Here he is. See what these comments say. Translated to English. Hello, one of his prettiest songs that we don't hear anymore. At least there is some text. In the morning, la 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 gives energy. La la la, fa fa fa. A very beautiful song, so many mem memories. But what a talent, my Barbellivion. His voice is an aphrodisiac. This guy is so sexy. Amazing. He was like a sex symbol back in the 80s, in, I guess, in France. I don't know, I'm not really digging this song, really. Let's see, does he have any other songs? Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Here's a compilation of his works. Please be a phone. Please be a phone. Is it a phone? Ooh, it smells like a cabin toy from Chewy. That's... Felix Gray and, and Didier Barbelivian, and I'm leaving. It's like a VHS rip. Okay, yeah, I'm just not in the mood. I'm not in the mood for this style of music. It's not really, not really working for me. Not to say it's bad, it's just, it's not, you know, just not what I'm looking for at the moment. All right, it's a bit later on now. Why does it look so dark outside? Is, is it going to rain or something? Let me see. It's a dark and spooky Halloween. Uh, it's not going to rain. It's not raining yet, but I guess a little bit later, later on tonight it's going to be raining. 52 degrees outside. Anyways, uh, I got some liquid sunshine here. This is from a local juice bar. 
called Green Point. I guess this is fresh. I have to drink it by tomorrow. I'll drink it today. Liquid Sunshine has a uh, carrot, apple, sweet potato, orange, lemon, and turmeric. It's very good. I'm pouring the glass here. Fresh juice. Let all fit in one mason jar. Almost, yes. Right to the brim. Too much. Mm. Wow. It is quite delicious. Liquid sunshine. I think I did have a juicer once a long, long time ago. You make your own juice, but it's very hard to maintain that habit. Mmm. That's a good that's a good uh a good formula there. Delicious. Raw and unpasteurized. Shake before opening. And it's vegan. <coughs> vegan and kosher. Great. Anyway, it's getting dark outside. I don't I haven't seen any trick or I, well I guess what is it, what time does school get out? Four o'clock or something? I, I don't know. So probably around five. Start to get some trick-or-treaters. We'll see. We shall see. And then I have to talk about a my mistake. My mishap. I, I did something and it was unintentional. It was an accident. I accidentally bought a celebrity tequila. I feel so embarrassed. I feel so ashamed. <laughs> no. Celebrity tequila. <laughs> At least it wasn't that expensive. But before we get to before we get to that, um, I, I did catch the end of uh, Game Three of the World Series last night. I'm not a sports fan, but if I were, I'd be a baseball fan. And um, this World Series is the Texas Rangers versus the Arizona Diamond Diamondbacks. The Arizona Rattlers were an arena football team. I kind of realized that. I know I thought they were the Arizona Rattlers, but they're both kinds of snakes. Um, and uh, I'm rooting for the Texas Rangers because I believe that was Jimbo's team uh, from uh, when Jimbo was on the channel before he passed away in 2017. <coughs> so it was good to have someone to root for because other, otherwise I would have no idea which one to root for, but... Yeah, it was the eighth inning, and uh, the Diamondbacks were sort of threatening. Um, <coughs> they got one run, and then they were sort of threatening to tie it up, but um, they closed out the inning, and the Rangers wound up winning the game. And Mr. Mojo the Cat was sitting next to me, and he was watching the baseball game intently. I guess all the motion of of the TV coverage of the baseball game was very fascinating to a cat, the way things were moving. <clears throat> he loved it. So anyway, what happened was, you know, um, I have a game called uh, Flea Devil Solitaire that I've <coughs> been developing for, what, 17 years now, I think. Uh, still working on it. I play it every day. It is a, uh, it's a solitaire card game, but you hold the deck in your hand, your hands at all times. 
very unique game. And um, it uses now, this the latest version of it, uses uh, 56 cards. So the, the normal 52 plus two jokers plus two more cards. Because normally when you buy a deck of cards these days, it does come with 56 cards. And for this game, you use all 56 cards. The two jokers are known as zonkers, and the two additional cards, which are called junk cards or ad cards, are called parking lots in the game. And this has really, the game is so much better than it was even like a year ago, even a few months ago, with the addition of this. And um, it's just, it doesn't, you can use any additional cards. A lot of them have advertising graphics on both sides. You can use it like that. But I got a deck from a company called Theory 11, playing cards, of the Beatles. And they have four different colors. Not the yellow submarine one, but the Beatles decks. And the two additional cards, right, share the same card back as the rest of the cards, and then they have a different graphic on the front. Perfect for this game because it's it's better to have the backs be all the same and then the fronts be different. So <coughs> I did buy the uh, yellow submarine cards from the same company, but the 55th and 56th card, they were a little different. Uh, one of them had two card backs, so it was a card, but there was a card back on both sides, which I know can be used for various magic tricks. Um, so I went on the site, and uh, Theory 11, and they have a bunch of interesting cards. They have like the Rolling Stones, the Grateful Dead. They even have some tequilas here, such as 818 Tequila. I had never heard of this before, but it's kind of a cool logo, 818 playing cards. I guess they're, they're saying about 818, an award-winning award tequila. 818 tequila works with local family-owned farms in Jalisco, Mexico to create the smoothest, most natural, best-tasting tequila possible. The agaves are sourced from the Los Valles region, aged at least seven years, cooked for 40 hours, then distilled twice. So I noticed that. So I was like looking at uh, different cards. They have a bunch of interesting cards. But I was wondering, I, I was looking at the site, I couldn't tell right from the site what the uh <clears throat> those extra two cards if they follow the same pattern as the beatles that is a normal card back and separate graphics on the front or kind of a mixed bag like the yellow submarine i did email them <laughs> and i asked if they had a list who else even cares about this but me i said i have a ga- i didn't go into any detail i have a game that uses all 56 cards and you know they're like yeah we don't have a list i'm like Okay. Then I wrote back. I'm like, well, I don't know. Could you like make a list? Or if I sent you a couple decks, could you check if they have? And they wrote back to me, yes, we can check. Yeah. It may take some time, but I guess they can look at the cards and see, you know, the nature of the two extra cards, which most people don't care one whit about. It's sort of an afterthought. They don't think about it, but I use it for this, this game. Originally I was using 55 cards, but I moved to 56. Believe me, the game is so much better. Really. Anyway, so uh, fast forward to a few days ago, I was at the liquor store, and I kind of run out of liquor, so I wanted to get something, but I didn't want to spend a lot, and I wanted to get something new, something I hadn't had before, and um, so I'm like, you know, I really never drank, I'm so into mezcal, I never really drank too much tequila. So I see this same tequila from the uh, the playing cards, 818 Tequila Blanco. Um, it's like twenty nine ninety five. I'm like, well, 
let me try this out. They they have these playing cards. It must be a good tequila. <laughs> and uh, <coughs> I didn't read the back, but let's see what it says on the back. Ma- the magic of handcrafted eight eighteen. We work closely with local family-owned farms in Jalisco, Mexico, to bring you the smoothest, most natural, and best-tasting tequila possible. Didn't we just read this? Only the highest quality ingredients are used in this creation. The area code 818 is home to me, but the earth is home to all of us. So, from the agaves we grow to the production of the bottle, sustainability and transparency of our supply chain was our core focus. We feel a great sense of responsibility and pride to have a positive impact on individuals, communities, and the environment. Ah, it's a very heavy-handed coffee. <laughs> We've had so many magical nights drinking 818. We hope you enjoy it as much as we do. The 818 team. And there's sort of an undecipherable signature, the two letters, which I now know are K and J. I had no idea this is a celebrity tequila. Uh, had I uh, scrolled a bit down on the website of the playing cards the story of 818 created in harmony with the earth founded by Kendall Jenner no I think she's she like related to the Cardassians or something I, I, I think her the former Bruce Jenner was her father right is she sort of part of that Cardassian thing or I think she is so I have always been against celebrity alcohol because it always is crap and it's overpriced so my wife came down and saw this she's like you brought 818 that's Kendall Jenner's tequila I'm like no I got tricked by the playing cards anyway but I do think it's good to try all different types of when in, in an aesthetic field like cigars or whiskeys or tequilas or mezcals it's good it's good to have reference points so I have actually had a little bit of this, and it's it's not bad. It's not as good as a mezcal, but it's uh, perfectly fine, I suppose, as a drink. <laughs> I already drank a quarter of the bottle. <laughs> Ooh, there's still part of that plastic, nasty plastic thing on the top. <sighs> I hate when there's that plastic stuff on there. One of my pet peeves. Like especially, you know, you buy like a some sort of piece of technology, and there's a thin pla- piece of plastic film covering some sort of screen that annoys the hell out of me. I got to get it off. I don't know why. <clears throat> anyway, KJ, I didn't realize it. Anyway, so that is the story of how I got the uh, celebrity tequila. It's all right, I guess. It's a good logo, but. No celebrities, damn it. Anyway, yeah, the... uh, Well, let me go outside for a moment here. See what's going on on Halloween. Nothing much happening yet. But yeah, as I mentioned, this is going to be the... uh, This is the end of October, and as I am planning on putting out the next print version of the book next month, this will be the final episode of The Overnightscape that will be listed in the print version of the book. Ooh, <laughs> my neighbor has a uh, Halloween setup. It looks like there's a smoke machine, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, it's going to be interesting a little bit later. It's just very cold and 
damp outside. Yeah, no sign of anything going on yet. Later on, we shall see. Yeah, I put I put up the uh, all three of the episodes of Into Your Head that are currently available on onsug.com, and you can check those out. Ooh, Amazon, is this for me? Did I? I think I did order something. Yeah. Yes. I ordered little paper plates for the cat food. That should be what they're bringing me right now. Can you believe humans are still delivering this kind of thing here in 2023 in this timeline? Yes, I know you're probably living in some world where <coughs> probably all of the things you need in life are just delivered through like underground like pipes and causeways and things. What would you call that? Like conveyor belts under the ground? Maybe pneumatic tubes. <coughs> yes. Hey, thank you. Some deliveries. There's two. There's two things. What? If, what is the other thing? I don't know. Oh, I think. I, yeah, I think I know what that is. Some neosporin. Yeah, the oh, the other tube. It's always good to have neosporin if you get like a boo boo. It's kind of. It was kind of wild, man. That the driver there, the delivery man, the delivery man from Amazon had kind of an, like an Iron Sheik vibe to him. You know, from the wrestling. Yeah. Kind of cool. But you know what I'm talking about? Like, if, if I need, like, Neosporin or something, like, it'll be just delivered from, like, underground tunnels and stuff into my house. Sounds kind of creepy, though. <coughs> right? Doesn't it make sense? Tunnels? Well, I don't know if you really <coughs> would need to dig all these tunnels unless you really didn't want to have to see robots trundling along. Is that the right word? Trundling along? to deliver you things. Keep the robots out of sight, out of mind. They just deliver things under the ground. They could dig the tunnels themselves. You know, no, no people have to be involved. I know, so there's a lot of decisions we need to make in the future about this whole thing. AI and robots and all sorts of things. <coughs> Will we have that future? I hope so. <coughs> Or if, if, if we're just living in essentially a fiction or a story, um, <coughs> we won't. There won't be a particular future for this world, but then you can rise up. Whatever world this story exists in will will still be existent, right? You see what I'm saying? No? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fa, 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 better. Run, 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 run away. Ho, 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 ho. Ay, 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 ay. <coughs> it doesn't feel very Halloween-y out here. It will be, though. Anyways, I want to thank you for patching in to this episode of The Overnightscape. Much appreciated. I'm your host, Frank Edward Nora, here in Nutley, New Jersey, on Halloween 2023. Scary stuff, yay. <clears throat> We're here in Onsug Radio, uh, broadcasting from inside the book, yes. <coughs> the book, the next edition of the book, print version, will be published soon. I'm telling you, 
I feel I can do it. I, I it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna take some time, <coughs> but I feel I'm I'm almost there. We'll get it going. Just go to onsug.com. Onsug is O N S U G. Onsug. Onsug, one word, and uh, just go to onsug.com. All the latest shows and the, like those episodes of Into Your Head I mentioned, or just go to intoyourhead.com to get those. But of course, if it's further in the future, all these dot com websites will probably be a thing of the past, <coughs> sketchily maintained in some sort of archive. But this project, Onsug Radio, will continue on as an object, as a book, on into the future. So you don't have to worry about a dot com or anything else. It'll all be contained within this this object, this book, physically, virtually, what have you. That is the whole concept. We have over 14,000 hours of audio, over 11,000 individual episodes. Here in the archive, has been going for over 20 years now. It really is an amazing treasure trove of audio goodness. <laughs> kind of a unique style. This has uh, this is a non-commercial project. We don't. We don't do Kickstarters. We don't. We we don't do advertising. You know, it just sort of developed that way. I kind of wanted to make make a few bucks early on, but uh, it, it it as the years continued on, we it sort of became clear that this is probably not a good fit for commerciality, but a very good fit for uh, a fun thing to do in life. I love doing these shows, and I love that people are still listening, and the other hosts do as well. So please check it out. You are checking it out right now, but check out all the other shows and everything. There's a show you can participate in called Overnight Scape Central. Each week there's a new topic <coughs> put out by PQ River in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. And as you heard a little bit of today, uh, the topic this week is, or next week, wait, no, this is, yes, this is Tuesday. So it should be out soon, the episode of Monsters. So you heard one piece of my Monsters collection, but I did a lot of other stuff, so please check out my Monsters segment and everyone else's Monsters segment. Uh, and then when that episode comes out, he'll PQ will re- reveal the topic for next week, and you can participate. Your voice can be in this on this show and in this archive. Once you're on Overnight Escape Central, you're in the archive, and we are intending to preserve this on into the future. Now here's a good question. Now, whether or not we succeed in preserving it in every timeline, I'm sure some timelines will, we're stating that as an intent. We want these shows to be... I think they will be of particular interest to people in in the further future. Um, Who else is stating that intention for their work? I don't know if it's really on many people's minds. Perhaps just that we're one of the few organizations, projects, what have you, however you want to call this this thing, a project that really wants that probably means that it has a better chance of surviving on into the future than other things. You know, I know probably like a lot of the mainstream media stuff will survive into the future, but a lot of the more independent media stuff probably won't. You know, we saw uh, starting in uh, t- uh, the dawn of podcasting, 2004-2005, uh, I, I would say a vast majority of the shows that were produced in that time were lost to history because those people that did it had no sense of uh, digital preservation and it wound those shows wound up being lost to history. As I think <coughs> a lot of podcasts uh, do tend to go offline and disappear and are not available for the long term. I know sometimes people throw them on the Internet Archive 
that might help. But I put all we put all of our stuff on the Internet Archive, but I have other vectors of preservation as well. So <coughs> anyway, that's just a sort of a point. I'm not. It just most people I don't think really care what happens after they're gone. But I really get a kick out of thinking uh, people might get something out of these shows in the far future. And it feels good to uh, be, be producing them. You know what I'm saying. Anyways, check it out. Onsug.com. <coughs> it is, we are here for you. The archive is for free forever. And uh, help preserve it if you're in a position to do that. Let people know about it. And uh, we'll keep this thing going. Sound good? It's very, it's a good thing. Yes, it is. All right, well, one of these hours, Halloween's going to kick in, but it hasn't yet. At least I'm wearing my Nash to Slash t-shirt, which he looks, in this picture, kind of like a mummy kind of character. Kind of reminds me of the, co- the Halloween costumes when I was a kid. We had this sort of vacuum-formed, what even material was that? Plastic, plasticky material with that elastic strap you put around your face. And then you had like a smock thing made out of plastic you wrapped around yourself with a picture. If you're the Hulk, there's a picture of the Hulk on, on the smock, and then you have a Hulk mask. So this is kind of like that, wearing on a shirt the picture of the character you're trying to be. It is kind of a throwback to the the 70s, in a way. Ooh, I think I, I think in the distance I see the first trick-or-treaters. Oh, I just caught a, I caught a bare glimpse of... Yes, maybe, maybe. Yes, it looks like there may be... Yep, I, I see a Mario and a Luigi in the distance. Yes, it's happening. It's happening. And another celebration of the dark and strange is coming up for you, too. Trick-or-treat yourself on the streets of an amazing warped alley known as The Other Side. summoned you here for a monster revival. Thrilled you could join this gathering of ghouls. It's a monster rally. So is that Petromotion making a genius move? Now coming up we have videos from Eklund Abodiman and The Cure. But first, here's Dave with some more record reviews. Thank you, Kevin. Do you remember Anne Magnuson from Vulcan Death Grip? Here she is in a combo called Bong Water, and Breaking No New Ground is a left-of-center performance art album. Jerry Harrison's Casual Gods doesn't break too much new ground either. The first solo LP by the Talking Heads guitarist and keyboard player contains references to most of the Talking Heads' back catalogue as well as the harder funk sound of head spin-off band the Tom Tom Club. It's taken a year and a half to get Hope in a Darkened Heart released in America. Virginia Astley plays sensitive English choir girl to Ryuichi Sakamoto's cold atmospherics. It's a great party record, I tell ya. 
Tim Byrne sounds sizzling in comparison. His sanctified dreams features warm, pulsating jazz with a saxophone in heat. On the 120-minute horizon, we have videos from Flesh for Lulu and The Cure and the Angry Samoans. And right after the break, it's Echo and the Bunnymen with Lips Like Sugar. TV with an opportunity for you to make your own movie by using someone else's. Interactivity. This has been more than just a media buzzword for a while now. It's considered a given that media outlets need to find a way for their audience to participate. Whether it's voting on Pop Idol or bloggers contributing to established journalism, interactivity is on the rise. But what about film? Michaela Ledwich is trying to bring interactivity to film through video game inspired modifications. At modfilms.com, Michaela will make available online all the raw material from her 10 minute short film Sanctuary as a remixable film. Here's her explanation. Now what a remixable film is, is a film that you are allowed to rip apart, sample and reuse directly. A remixable film is something that you can insert your own content into. If you want to go to the extent of becoming the star performer in a film, you can replace bits. Though tailor-made feature-length films are probably some way off, in the meantime, this sounds like a fantastic way to play filmmaker without having to do any of the hard stuff, which is great for lazy folks like me. Much as last year saw a lot of celebrations of Einstein to commemorate the 50th anniversary of his death and the 100th anniversary of his important 1905 publications, this year will include a lot of celebrations of another genius. No. 2006 is Mozart's 250th birthday, and Austria's been celebrating by playing around with a dude's skull. Ew. A skull long believed to be that of the great composer has finally undergone definitive DNA testing to verify its identity. If you've seen that fantastic Milos Forman film, you'll remember that Mozart didn't die in the most comfortable of circumstances and he was buried in a pauper's grave, hence the confusion over the identity of the skull. But researchers aren't going to reveal what the DNA tests concluded until this weekend in a documentary produced as part of the birthday celebrations. Maybe if the ID is positive as a birthday present, they could give Mozart's body his head back. Because everyone likes a useful gift. And speaking of identification, RFID chips are becoming popular for pet identification and in humans among the geek elite, and there's even a bar in Barcelona that tags its customers to keep track of their tabs, VIP status, and their favorite drinks. Leaving aside the possibilities for bad sci-fi movie plot lines, real-world uses for RFID chips are popping up every day. Walmart, for example, the largest consumer of the chips, uses them to track all of its inventory in real time. And now the metro system in Madrid is using them to track their inventory, their passengers. The chips will be in the metro ticket, not in the human being, but the system will be able to track the movements of the ticket and by extension the passenger throughout the entire transit system at any given time. No doubt it will help the metro folks to better understand the flow of passengers, but the thought of being monitored like a Walmart toothbrush is still a bit unsettling to me. I am done for today, and now I'm going to go home, and as long as I still can, I'm going to keep it a secret as to how I get there.
That was Galliano a little bit earlier in the festival, complete with Pet Dragon weaving its way through the crowd. Now, the Glastonbury hairdo has to be long matted dreadlocks. But Mark here is sporting a different option. This We're talking the molded plastic this is hair. The practical, the practical it option. It is the practical option. That. Now, Mark, I understood that you weren't coming to the festival this year. What well, gives? The, see, last year I said, why would you go to a festival if you could stay at home and watch a cinema? Well, the point is, this year, Portishead, they made a film, they sent the film to the festival, then they came to the festival to watch the film they made play in a field. And, and no, the they, field no, they came the, to the, the festival, the came, and then the band the, went to the, the thing. With no. the, I think the band came. state-of-the-art rail cars designed, built, and outfitted exclusively for Marlboro smokers. A third of a mile of sleek red steel ready to take on the West. Two thousand winners, two thousand guests, on board and off the Marlboro Unlimited for five days and nights of non-stop adventure. We built the gear like we built the train. As rugged as the country it's named for. As dependable as the people it's made for. Thirty new items of gear without limits. Just get the miles and get the gear. Marlboro Unlimited. The train. The trip. The gear. Get on board. In the seventh millennium, the one remaining Battlestar fights for the survival of mankind. As Battlestar Galactica confronts the marauding space aliens, you actually feel the shocks of later warfare. Incense around with Battlestar Galactica, certificate you. Now at the Empire Lester Square and exclusive presentation from Sunday at ABC's Elephant and Castle, Putney, Romford, Staines and the Empire Watford. Big war is raging. A handful of surviving humans escape aboard the Battlestar Galactica. They fight their way across the stars in search of a legendary planet known as Earth. Battlestar Galactica, certificate you. Did it happen eons ago, or will it happen tomorrow? All over London from Sunday, still at the Empire Leicester Square.
Empires BC erupts on the screen with volcanic excitement. One million years BC, when the earth parted and the mountains fell. Primitive man and monstrous beasts fought each other to inherit the earth. Since time began has the primitive scene been captured for the screen with such imaginative realism. Ah! Behold man one million years BC. <laughs> Introducing the fabulous Raquel Welch, the sensational star discovery of this or any other year in one million years BC. See her as Loana the Fair One who deserted her tribe and risked her life to follow Tumac of the Rock People. John Richardson as Tumac, as big and strong as the beasts he fought for survival. <coughs> Nupondi the Wild One, whom no man could resist. See the fascinating, strange, and fearful creatures who roamed and ruled the Earth a million years B.C. The Brontosaurus, a moving mountain of flesh and bone. The Pterodactyl, a flying reptile with giant teeth. The flesh-eating Allosaurus. The Triceratops, a horned dinosaur in battle with the savage Ceratosaurus. You will share the unending thrills and excitement of a world of primitive wonders, of primeval terror and savagery. You will indeed live in another world, in another time, as the centuries fall back to reveal the Earth one million years B.C. Introducing the fabulous Raquel Welch as Loana the Fair One. John Richardson as Tumac. Well, that was a bad boat, wasn't it? Well, I want to tell you, we, we worked our tails off, I must say. I think. I know. I'm uh, just sick. 54 to 59. I'm telling you, I just, just, just finished a meeting with Ted Agnew. He's back from and uh, from uh, Greece and Turkey, and uh, both of whom we got, incidentally. We didn't get Iran, though, damn it. You know, you figure there's the Shah. We've done all the things for him. But uh, And uh, these African countries, they're the ones that I, I must say were disappointing. Well, Mr. President, the reason I called was I know it, uh, it is not easy to, to give a suggestion or to advice to the President of the United States, but I just feel that I feel so strongly that we can't, uh, and with, in view of 72, we can't just sit and take this and continue as if nothing had happened. And I had a suggestion for an action that I'd like to be so presumptuous as to, to suggest. Uh, 
I just know are, first of all, they don't like the U.N. to begin with. That's right. And it seemed to me that if you brought Mr. Bush back uh, to Washington to let them sweat for about 24 hours, as to what you were thinking of, and then if you went on television to the people of the United States and said that Mr. Bush was going back to the U.N. to participate in debate and discussion to present our views and so forth, but he would not participate in any votes, that the United States would not vote and would not be bound by the votes of the U.N., because it is a debating society. You don't have to say that, but it is a debating society, and, and uh, uh, so we'd be there, our presence would be there, but we would just not participate in their votes. I think it would put those bums in the perspective they belong. <laughs> it sure would. <laughs> I think it would make a hell of a, a campaign issue because I am positive that the people of the United States are thoroughly disgusted. And I think that this would put any candidate from the other side, the constant question would come to him in any such campaign, what would you do now? And if he was stupid enough to open his mouth and say, oh, hell, you know, we'd go right back to operating as usual, uh, I think he'd be hung out to dry. We've been trying to think here uh, about what the uh, reaction to be. The uh, I must say that the uh, congressional uh, ac action may be very interesting on the uh, appropriation side. Well, Mr. President, then if they did what they threatened to do, they would simply be confirming your action. They'd be making the the the, the budget meet that new position of the of uh, the United States in the UN, mm -hmm. reducing our importance. If the other way, if we do nothing uh, and they take that action, it's a rebuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, let me uh, let me give some give some thought to the whole thing. I'm uh, it's a tough one, as you're well aware. It's a Got some, uh, we've got some fish to fry on India-Pakistan. We're trying to avoid a war there, and uh, the UN may have to play some damn role there. Because uh, the, uh, <laughs> we don't want to get involved, we say, and in that miserable place. Uh, it's a, it's a. Uh, but uh, we will. Let me let me give some thought to this whole thing. I, as as you know, I have been thinking about it, and I've talked this morning with uh, two or three people about it. Uh, what the legal problems are and so forth. Well, I I just mm -hmm. felt I had to make this suggestion. I know, I know, I appreciate it. Last night and the night after that announcement came on, uh, one commentator called me. Yeah. He yeah. told me that the uh, and I told him. 